Blog Talk Radio. Shalom, shalom, and Shabbat shalom. Walk the talk, teach, and testify radio. This is where we speak the unadulterated and the uncompromising word of truth. My name is Abed Yahu or Obadiah. I'm just a humble servant of Yahweh. I speak to you in the name of Yahusha HaMashiach. On today's show, we're going to be discussing the topic, did Enoch and Elijah, did they really go to heaven? This is part two. Uh, we went over what happened with Enoch. I did a Zoom on this morning, and I am so grateful to have you on the show with us on today pertaining to this particular topic. So um, I'm ready to go ahead and begin our lesson, and I hope each and every one of you, you'll be able to receive this teaching by divine instruction. So um, I hope you have your word ready. As we go and speak about the question, did Enoch or Elijah, did they really go to Shamahim? Hallelujah. And there arose a king in Egypt who knew not Yahweh. And the fear of the Hebrews fell upon the people of the land. So Pharaoh set taskmasters over the people of the land who laid heavy burdens on them which were bitter to bear. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Most High. And he heard them from beyond the everlasting hills. In time he raised up unto them a deliverer whose name was Mashah. And Mashah grew mighty and was taught in all the wisdom of Egypt. But he was a man who chose not to live out his days in the pleasures of Mizraim, and so answered the call of his destiny. And he came to the mountain of Alakim, which was called Horeb, where he saw a flame of fire burning around a bush, but the bush was not consumed. And the Moloch of the highest appeared to him and spoke from out of the midst of the fire, saying, I have seen the affliction of my people in Egypt and have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Now therefore I will send you unto Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Masha asked, when I come to the people and they ask, what is his name? What shall I say? Scriptures declare that Elohim said, Ahiah, Ashar, Ahiah. Meaning, I am that I am. I will be who I will be. He said, moreover to him, Thou shalt you say to the children of Israel, Yahuwah, the Elohim of your fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac, and the Elohim of Jacob have sent me unto you. This is my name forever and my memorial unto all generations. And the children of Israel became vain in their imaginations and corrupt in all their ways so that they sought to replace the name of Yahuwah with the name of Adonai, meaning Lord. And many forgot his name and went after Baal, which also means the Lord. 
And from that time, many false names for our Creator have gone out into the world, following us into these last days and creating a controversy among the nations. Our Heavenly Father, who desires that his elect be not ignorant of his name, nor that we should be moved by the signs of the time, but that we should be steadfast in the truth, not wavering nor tossed and turned by the mouths of men. For some say that his name is Yahweh, while others say that it is Jehovah. Still others foolishly declare that it cannot be known. But we who are called and chosen have a sure word of revelation which has come down from the Father of light, who would not have his people to walk in darkness. For I declare that we are the children of light. For he has revealed through the Ruach, take the original vowel sounds A and U, which are from the three pure vowel sounds which make up all the Semitic languages and apply them to the four Hebrew letters, Yod, Hey, Wah, Hey, and the name of Yahuwah is revealed. Therefore, let the name of Yahuwah rise upon the islands of Indonesia, and echo beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. Let his magnificent name soar above the heights of the Himalayas, rest upon the shores of Sri Lanka. The voice of a messenger rides upon the clouds, races on the wings of the wind, saying, Send tidings of his name to them that dwell in Ghana. Let the name of Yahuwah shake the land of Africa. Declare his name in Zambia, Tanzania. Let it be shouted from Mozambique. Send messengers to sail across the Nile and awaken them that dwell in the Sudan. Let the name of Yahuwah invade the mountains of Afghanistan and rock the whole Middle East. Let his mighty name stretch forth with wings across Europe and Asia and cause them to tremble and sleep in China. Oh, let his name circle over the Atlantic, the Pacific, and all the oceans of the world to touch the shores of America. That his name might ring from the peaks of the Appalachian Mountains to the end of the Rio Grande, that his name extend out over the continental divide and journey down to feel Brazil. Oh, let Yahuwah's elect publish his name in every nation and kingdom on the face of the earth. Let it be published in every country, in every city, and in every state. Yea, let it mount up and ride upon the wings of the eagles. Let it glide with the falcons, the hawks, and the crows. Let it reach up beyond the heights of the condors, that his name might touch the stars and fill the cosmos. Let the Malachim come down from the Shamayim. Let them ride upon the chariots of fire. Let them circle the cities. Let them stand upon the walls. Sound an alarm to the ends of the earth. And lift up the trumpet to declare Yahuwah is mighty. Our king is strong. He has subdued the nations. He has crowned the sun. That everything that has breath sing praises to his name. That everything with breath praise the name of Yahuwah. Finally, when the end comes, when all things have been put under his feet, 
and all the nations have been gathered to meet in the city of gold, which is planted in paradise. We will all lift up together with one voice, magnify the name of Yahuwah forever. Hallelujah. Beautiful introduction by our brother Bennett, proclaiming the name of Yahweh. Once again, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are at, located on, around the globe. Welcome to Talk, Teach, and Tisbar Radio. This is where we speak the unadulterated and the uncompromising word of truth. Um, today's date is Friday, April the 10th, 2020. Uh, it is the 21st day uh, let me go back to April the 10th. Uh, this is according to the man-made Jesuit Gregorian calendar. It is the 21st day of the first Kodush. Uh, we are in the seventh and final day of what we call the Chag Hot Mazat, which is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. All righty. So I hope that you have enjoyed your feast, removing the leaven out of your heart. That's uh, the really the spiritual intent of keeping our appointed feast, okay? And more so, it is an ordinance that was commanded by Yahweh. Please read the book of, um, we call it Uyaikra, or the book of uh, Leviticus, chapter 23. Uh, those of you, you are shifting and preparing and get ready for Shabbat. Hallelujah, that's what we are doing as well, and we are so excited to have you on to the show. Um, today's Talk, Teach, Intensify Radio teaching is brought to you by uh, SALT, the acronym for Sisters Abiding in Light and Truth, also by the Bullock Family Foundation out in Arizona, by the Jones Family Foundation in Nevada, and also by the... Um, Palmer Family Foundation out in California. We have a couple of announcements to share with you, so I'm going to go ahead and share the roster as to what we're going to be talking about this weekend, and I will give you the Zoom teaching schedules as well. Let's go with the radio show first and foremost. Tomorrow we're going to be talking more about why is everybody celebrating Passover on different days? Uh, I believe that's imperative for us to understand that. Uh, is that important, really? Uh, should we keep uh, the Peshach all on one accord? And does this show the disparity that is happening within the nation of Yashariel? So we will be speaking on that on tomorrow. Uh, also, I'll be doing a Zoom teaching before the radio show, it will start at 10 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 o'clock a.m. Central Standard Time. If you're on the West Coast of the United States, it will start at 7 o'clock a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. If you are over uh, in, like, the U.K. or you over in, uh, you know, other parts of the country, we're going to be starting it at 1,600 hours, okay? People call it 4 o'clock p.m., okay, for 1,600 hours. That is when we're going to have our instruction, okay? So we're going to have it on it tomorrow. So after the Zoom, then we will have 
the particular uh, radio show. If you'd like to join our Zoom teaching, please just simply email me at talkteachtestify at gmail.com, and we're going to go ahead and bring that out to you. Um, the Zoom teachings are also brought to you by Sisters Abiding in Light and Truth. Then on Sunday, I'm quite sure you know what day that it is. Is uh, a lot of the world is um, going to be dressing casket sharp. A lot of them really can't go into the church building, right? Because everybody is on quarantine, on lockdown, uh, for what they call the quote unquote the scam uh, scam known as corona the coronavirus. Uh, we're going to be discussing Ashtar, the celebration of Ashtar, the celebration of Easter, and why that is such uh, paganism within Christianity. So we're going to be discussing that on Sunday. I probably will be doing a Zoom teaching on that as well. Uh, so stay tuned tomorrow, and I'll be able to let you know whether or not we're going to uh, do that or not. I probably will and do a PowerPoint presentation through Zoom, so if you would like to um, to join us, please feel free uh, to email me at talkteachtestify@gmail.com, and I will get that teaching out to you. So I give you that link so you can join us. Uh, you know, uh, as we do the Zoom. Also, um, I, I like to thank. Um, all of you that came to the Zoom teaching this morning, we had uh, Brother Ifram, uh, you know, Brother Junior from the UK. He joined us. Um, our dear Brother uh, Juan, he was with us as well. Hallelujah. Um, Elder uh, Bullock. We also had uh, Brother Douglas uh, from the Seventh Day Harvest Teaching Ministries in High Point, North Carolina. He joined us as well. Uh, Zarah was with us from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, our dear sister, Hannah Elizabeth, from Michigan, hallelujah, uh, our elder, I, I love Elder Wiggins, hallelujah, uh, he was also from High Point, North Carolina, he joined us as well, and all of the ones whose name I missed, uh, thank you so much for joining the instruction pertaining to the topic we're going over now. Uh, I just wanted to go ahead and give them a preview as to what we're going to be discussing today, plus a very stricter review. Um, if you'd like to join us on tomorrow morning, once again, email me at talkteachtestify at gmail.com, and you will be able to join us. All right, let's go into the lesson on today. We don't want to um, waste too much time. So for the uh, for the next 45 minutes, you're going to be getting instruction pertaining to where is Enoch? Where is Elijah? Are they in heaven? Are they up there with the Father? Are they uh, up there with your loved ones and your deceased ones? Are they up there with them? Uh, we have read um, in the book of Yalkahanan, uh the book of John, chapter 3. Okay, getting people time to uh, write this in their notes. This is very important. Yahugan in John chapter 3 verse 13, Yahusha said, And no man has ascended up to Shamahim, but he that came down from Shamahim, even the Son of Man, which is in Shamahim. I would like to discuss with you 
just for a minute, what is the meaning of that? Number one, no man has ascended up to Shamaim. Okay? You did not read nowhere in Paul's writings or in the Torah that Hanak ascended to heaven. We read that he was translated. Okay? Uh, we go back to Barashit, just doing a brief review. Genesis chapter 5. We read this in verse number 21. And Hanak lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. And Hanak walked with Elohim after he begot Methuselah 300 years and begot sons and daughters. And all the days of Hanak, that's the clue right there to let you know, in all the days, that means he had a birthday and an expiration date on his life. And all the days of Hanak was 365 years. And Hanak walked with Elohim. And he was not. That means he was no longer existing in civilization. For Elohim took him. Uh, the Hebrew word there is, uh, they call it lakach. Lakach means to what? To seize or to take up or the taking away or the carry, the carrying away. So people were confused that with rapture, and that's not the case. Okay? Another word for that, we'll read that in the book of uh, Abriam, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. This is what we call the uh, the Belief Hall of Fame, right? And in verse 5, this is what Shaul, the emissary Paul, wrote pertaining to Hanak. By Amunia, I'm in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. By Amunia, Hanak was translated. The uh, Greek word in this instance is met at Atami, which means to transport or to carry over, to translate. That's what we got also in Genesis. So he was carried over or translated. He was transported so that he should not see death and was not found. You also read that in Barashit chapter 5, right? Because Elohim had transported him or translated him or carried him over. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased Elohim. Number one, you did not read that Enoch translated into Shamahim. You never read that nowhere, that he was translated into heaven. But what do transport or translate mean? Remember, we went to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1, let's look closely at verse 12 and 13 and 14. Giving thanks unto the Ab, which have made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the Kedushim, which is the set-apart ones, in light, who have delivered us from the power of darkness, listen, and has translated us, into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Translate doesn't mean that we are in heaven. It's letting us know that Yahuwah, through his son, delivered us from the power of darkness, and he brought us over or carried us over into the kingdom of his dear son. So you can see the relation there. So Hanak also 
is going through the same thing. Okay? So we went over that. What else should we bring into uh, accountability? Well, when you see in all the days, it means that Hanak lived for a certain length of time. Okay? What happened at the translation? Well, number one, once again, he did not translate to Shamaim. It lets us know that he was not found. We read about the word carried over. Then we went to Acts chapter 7, and we read right here this powerful verse here in verses 15 and 16. Listen. So Yacoub went down into Mizraim and died. So it lets us know Jacob died, he and our fathers, and was carried over. There's the same Greek word to transport or to carry over or to change sides or to exchange. And he was carried over into Shechem and laid in the scepter that Abraham bought. You read that in the book of Parashit. For a sum of money of the sons of Amur, the father of Shechem. So it lets us know that Jacob or Jacob, after he died, he was carried over or translated, transported over to Shechem. That's where he was buried at. He was transported from where he died to his actual burial spot or his burial place. All right, hallelujah. So it shows how he was transported or translated after he died. You'll read the same thing also as to what happened in Deuteronomy, chapter 34. You'll see how Yahuwah was able to take care of the body of Masha or Moses. Debarim, Deuteronomy, chapter 34 Let's read verses 5 and 6. So Masha, the Abed, the servant of Yahweh, died there in the land of Moab according to the word of Yahweh. And he buried him in a valley in the land of Moab over against Beth Peor. But no man knows of his scepter unto this day. Nobody knows the burial place or the grave of Masha. Number two, who buried Masha? It says in he, Yahuwah buried Masha. You see? So it lets us know this was also done to Hanak too. Masha's body is not found. And so was Enoch or Hanak. He was taken away. It was not found okay so we went over that uh, you want to go over more of the teaching uh, you can go into the archives of www.blogtalkradio or just google up talk teaching test by radio type in uh, did Enoch and Elijah go to heaven all right what happened to Elijah then. We got Enoch. This is a very intense study here. 
Once again, Yahukahanan, the book of John, chapter 3, verse 13, says, No man has ascended up to Shamahim. Did Elijah really ascend to the throne where Yahuwah is at? Even though Yahusha said that he didn't. If Elijah is not in heaven, where did he go? All right. Number one, let's go to a very uh, good particular place to start. The heaven where Yahuwah is at, Yahusha is there also, you can read Revelation chapter 21 when it says that Yahuwah in the Lamb is the temple and the light thereof. You can read in John chapter 1 how Yahuqahanan, John the Immerser, twice identified Yahusha as being the Lamb of Elohim. Yahusha, his only begotten son, his Yahid, his special child is the only one that has the right to be in that Shamahim with the Father. Okay? Now, watch why. Let's go to Abraham. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 8. This is talking about the better covenant. Let's start from the top, verse 1. Now, the things which we have spoken, this is the main point, or this is the principle. We have such a what? A high priest, which we call the uh, Kohan Hakadal, who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the Shamahim. All right. We have a high priest, an eternal high priest who sits on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the Shamahim, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which Yahuwah pitched and not man. Verse 3, for every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices, whereof it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. Verse 4, and if he, be, if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to Torah, verse 5, who serves unto the example and the shadow of heavenly things, as Masha was admonished of Elohim, when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, he said, that you make all things according to the pattern Show to you in the mount. I like this one. Verse 6. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry. By how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant. Which was established upon better promises. Yahusha is the mediator. So there's no way that Yahusha could be Yahuwah in the flesh, because if that is the case, there will be no mediator for the covenant between us and the Father. Let's read 
Tahalim, or we say Psalms, chapter 8. Tahalim 8 says this, O Yahuwah, our Adon, that means our master, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your esteem, listen, above the Shamahim. Now, if Yahuwah is in Shamahim, how did Yahuwah, or how is he able to set his esteem above the Shamahim? It says above the heavens. You see? Listen. Out of the mouth of base and suckling have you ordained strength because of your enemies, that you might steal the enemy and the avenger. Listen. When I consider your Shamahim, the works of your fingers, the moon, which is the Yarak or Yaraak, and the stars, which you have ordained. So it shows us that particular expanse of the great universe. When you talk about the Shamahim, the work of your fingers, not where he resides, but where the sun, the moon, and the star is. So we find that also to be called Shamahim. Where the atmosphere is, where the dew comes from, the rain, the clouds and where the wind roams, that is also Shamahim. But wait a minute. Let's go to Second Kings. We call it Bet Malakum. Second Kings chapter two. Let's read verse one. And let's listen. And it came to pass when Yahuwah would take up Eliyahu, or Elijah, into Shamahim by a whirlwind, that Eliyahu went with Elisha from Gilgad. Okay. So where's Yahuwah going to take Elijah? It says it took him into Shamahim by a whirlwind. Number one, a whirlwind can only be established in the Shamahim that we can see. There's not a whirlwind in Shamahim where Yahuwah is at. It has to be on the earth. Okay? That's number one. Now, watch this. Why did he take Elijah up into the atmosphere? Was this done to make him immortal? Absolutely not. Why? Because Eliyahu or Elijah did not receive a promise of immortality prior to this. You can read it in Hebrews chapter 11. Everybody that has a munia before us, and let me read it. This is coming from Abraham. From Hebrews chapter 11, verse 39 says, And these all, having obtained a good report through Amelia, received not the promise. There's no one that have received the inheritance of eternal life. No one. Okay? These all have not received it. Okay? So we have that. Now, notice what the sons of the prophets 
was saying to Elisha back in 2 Kings, or Bet Malakum, chapter 2. Here's the clues. Listen. Here it is. Verse 5 says this. And the sons of the Nebim, the prophets that were at Jericho, or Jericho, came to Elisha and said unto him, Do you know that Yahuwah will lachach, or take away your master from your head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it. You hold your shalom. Let's go back a couple of chapters. Same thing in chapter Second uh, Kings chapter 2. Look at verse 3. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Do you know that Yahuwah will take away your master from your head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. You hold your shalom. Notice what the sons of the prophets said at Bethel and also at Yericho or Yericho. Do you know that Yahuwah would take away your master from your head today? The Smith and Goodspeed translation has it like this. Do you know that today Yahuwah is about to take away your master from being your leader? Let's talk about Eliyahu. Or Elijah for a minute. Elijah or Eliahu was the head of the sons of the disciples of the prophets in that day. Okay? Just to uh, get you in on that. Number two. Yahuwah has sent Eliyahu as his prophet to the wicked Malek, the king known as Ahab, and to his son Ahaziah. Now, Yahuwah wanted Elisha to direct his work as Ahazah, the king, had died, and there was a new king that was ruling. So what did Yahuwah do? He could not allow Eliyahu or Elijah to be among the people with Elisha who is directing the work now because this would have disqualified Elisha. Yahuwah never takes an office from a man when that man has been performing his duty well. So the only thing that Yahuwah could do at that time was to remove Eliyahu so that another could fulfill the office. Let's go to 2 Kings 2. Let's read verse 15. Listen. Here it is. Uh, Go back a couple of verses. Go to verse 13 and 14. Listen to what happened. Verse 12. I'll start there. 2 Kings Chapter 2, verse 12. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, Ma'ab, Ma'ab, the chariot of Yashariel. 
and the horsemen thereof, and he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rented them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Eliahu that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Yardun. Verse 14, and he took the mantle of Eliahu that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is Yahuwah Elohim of Eliahu? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither, and Elisha went over. What is the mantle? According to Clark's uh, commentary, the mantle was worn by prophets and priests as the simple insignia of their office. The purpose of Yahuwah in removing Eliahu or Elijah was to also replace him with another man who would occupy Eliahu's office in Yasharia for another 50 years. And this work had to start under a new king because Ahazah had just died and Eliahu was already aging. Not to say that he disqualified him in the sight of the people, but Yahuwah took him away from the sons of the prophets and the people, allowing the mantle, which signified the office of Eliahu, to drop into the hands of Elisha. That way, Yahuwah can preserve the name and the office of his people. Now, how was Elijah taken up, and where did Elijah go? Watch how this unfolds. So, Elisha and Elijah, right? Eliahu, right? Cross Jordan near Jericho or Jordan. We read that Elijah was taken up by a whirlwind and what appeared to be a chariot of horses of fire. The violent motion of the wind pulled the mantle off the Nevi, the prophet, as he was seen to ascend into the sky. If you read this, you know what happened. The promise of Eliahu unto Elisha that he will have a double portion of the Ruach of Yahuwah if he would be allowed by Yahuwah to see Eliahu taken up. Let's read it. Second Kings chapter 2. Verse 9, it clearly states, and it came to pass when they were gone over, that Eliyahu came unto Elisha, asked, what shall I do for you before I be taken away from you? And Elisha said, I pray you, let a double portion of thy Ruach be upon me. All this meant was that Elisha was going to be the leader the new head of the sons of the prophets, once Eliahu was going to ascend into the air. Here's the question. Then where did Elijah go? I give you a hint. He did not ascend to the throne of Yahuwah. Why? Because Yahusha said it in Yahuwah or John 3 and 13. And yet and still, Eliyahu couldn't remain in the air forever. 
in Yahuwah, as we read in this text, he did not say that Elijah was going to die at that time. If he were, Elisha would have assumed his new office without the removal of Eliahu first. Let's read what happened to Elisha. Second Kings, Bet Malakam, chapter 13. What happens when there's a new king? There's a new prophet. Let's read it. Second Kings, chapter 13. Let's go to verse 13, and then we'll go to 14. And uh, Yahuash slept with his fathers, and Yarobam sat upon his throne, and Yoash was buried in Samaria with the Malachim of Yashariel. Verse 14. Now Eliahu was fallen sick of the sickness whereof he died. And Yoash, the Malek of Yashariel, came down unto him and wept over his face and said, O Ma'ab, Ma'ab, listen, the chariot of Yashariel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said unto him, Take the bow and arrow. And he took unto him the bow and the arrow. And he said to the king of Yashariel, Put your hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hand upon the king's hand. Powerful. Verse 20 says, And Elisha died, and they buried him. And the bands of the Moabites invaded the land at the coming in of Hashanah of the year. Okay. The sons of the prophets who knew that their master was going to be removed also knew that Elijah was not going to die then because we did not read in Second Kings chapter 2, look, Elisha, Elijah is going to die right now, and you will be the head. Did you not know that he was going to die? Now, watch this. Second Kings chapter 2, let's read verse 16. Listen. And they said unto him, Behold now, there be with your service fifty strong men. Let them go, we pray you, and seek your master. Unless peradventure the Ruach of Yahuwah had taken him up, listened, and cast him upon some mountain or into some valley. And he said, You shall not send. And when they urged him until he was ashamed, he said, Send. They sent therefore fifty men, and they sought for three days, but found him not. Elisha knew that Yahuwah would preserve Eliyahu from falling, but at their insistence, he permitted men to go search for him to no avail. 
Eliyahu is gone. But to where did he evaporate into thin air? Here's the answers. Hallelujah. As you read in Second Kings, chapter 1, verse 18. As the new king was going to be brought in, there had to be a new prophet. So, verse 18 says, Now the rest of the acts of Azariah, which he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the Malachim of Yashariel? Also, Let's go to the third chapter, verse 1. Now, Jehovah the son of Ahab, began to reign over Yasharia in Samaria, the 18th year of Yashaphat. People like to say Jehoaphat, but it's Yahosaphat, the Malak of Yahudah, and reigned 12 years years. Okay. Let's do the math here. Okay. During this king's reign, Elisha was the recognized prophet of Yahuwah. Go down to 2 Kings chapter 3 verse 11. But Jehoshaphat said, is there not here a prophet of Yahuwah that we may inquire of Yahuwah by him, and one of the Malek of Yasharia's servants answered and said, Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Eliyahu. Y'all see that? Now they know who the prophet is that they should go to. Right? We read that right there. In the fifth year of Yoram, the king of Yashariel, the king, the son of the king of Yahudah, began to reign along with his father in Yahudah. Let's read it. Chapter 8 of 2 Kings. I'm just putting things together to show you how the transition from one king to his son, how that was done. Bet Malachim, 2 Kings chapter 8. Verse 16, and in the fifth year of Yoram, the son of Ahab, the king of Yasharia, Yahosaphat, being then king of Yahudah, Yahoram, the son of Yahosaphat, king of Yahudah, began to reign. You see that? Right there. The son of the king of Yahudah reigned along with his father in Yahudah. His name was Yahoram. The first thing he did was to establish his kingdom rule. He put his relatives to the sword. You can read that in Second Chronicles chapter 2. I'm going to read that. Second Chronicles chapter 
Let me see. Second Chron. Uh, let me see. That's Second Chronicles two. Let's see. Or it might be Second Chronicles eleven. Let's see. There's and that's it. Second Chronicles chapter eleven. Please forgive me. Second Chronicles chapter eleven. All right. Let's read from the top. Okay. We're reading about, it looks like we're a whole I am, right? And then we should be reading another verse pertaining to what happened to the other king. Okay. Uh, maybe, I don't, let's see. See, this might not be the one I was looking for here. Let's see. Go to chapter 21. There we go. We got it. Please forgive me. Second Chronicles chapter 21. Verse 1 says, Now Jehoshaphat slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of Deuel. And Jehoram, his son, reigned in his stead. And he had brethren, the sons of Jehoshaphat, and Azariah, and Yahel, and Zechariah, and Azariah, and Michal, and Shaphatiah. All these were the sons of Jehoshaphat, the Malek of Yashariel. Listen. And their fathers gave them great gifts of silver and of gold and of precious things with fenced cities in Yahudah. But the kingdom he gave to Jehoram because he was the firstborn. Now when Jehoram was rise up to the kingdom of his father, he strengthened himself and killed, slew all his brother, brethren with the sword. And divers also of the prince of Yashariel. So he was trying to kill off the bloodline so the kingdom would be to himself. Right? He did everything evil in the sight of Yahweh during that time. You can read it. Yahoram was 32 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for eight years in Jerusalem. And he walked in the ways of the kings of Yahshua, like as did the house of Ahab. For he had the daughter of Ahab to wife, and he wrought that which was evil in the eyes of Yahuwah. So it shows you he did evil. Now, this has been nearly 10 years that expired since Eliahu was taken from the people. Watch this. Second Chronicles chapter 21, because of the evil that is being done, this particular king is going to receive a letter. Verse 12 of Second Chronicles Chapter 21. This is going to blow your mind. 
Second Chronicles 21, verse 12 says, And there came a writing to him from Eliahu, Elijah the prophet. Wait a minute. How could he be in Shamahim with the father and still was able to write a letter? Hmm. Read it. Here it is. And there came a writing to him from Eliahu the prophet, saying, Thus says Yahuwah, Elohim of Daud, your father, because you have not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat, your father, nor in the ways of Asa, the king of Yahudah, but have walked in the ways of the kings of Yasharia, and have made Yahudah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to go a horn, like to the whoredom of the house of Ahab. Also have slain your brethren of your father's house, which were better than yourself. Okay? Did you read that? Listen. Verse 14 and 15. Behold, with a great plague will Yahuwah smite your people and your children and your wives and all your goods. And you shall have great sickness by disease of your bowels until your bowels fall out by reason of the sickness day by day. From the wording of this letter, it is crystal clear after or that Eliyahu wrote it after these events have occurred. For he speak of them as past events and of the disease as the future events. Two years after the king became diseased, the king died. Let's read it in verse number 18. Listen. And after all this, Yahuwah smote him in his bowels with an incurable disease. And it came to pass that in process of time, after the end of two years, his bowels fell out by reason of his sickness, so he died of sore diseases. And his people made no burning for him like the burning of his fathers. Verse 20. Thirty-two years old was he when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem for eight years, and departed without being desired. Howbeit they buried him in the city of Daud, but not in the sceptres of the kings. This proves that the letter was written ten years after Eliahu had been taken to another location by the whirlwind. Yahuwah used Elijah to convey the message because he was the prophet of Yahuwah in days of the present king's father, and the son was not going in the ways of his obedient father, Jehoshaphat. Now, you probably are thinking at this time, maybe Elijah or Elijah wrote that letter, and then he was taken up in the whirlwind, and then when the moment came, then there was a messenger who then brought the message through. But how would Eliahu know that these things was going to take place? The letter he had delivered was recognized as his. That proves that Elijah or Eliahu had to be alive somewhere else. First Corinthians chapter 15. 
Let's go ahead and wrap everything up. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It tells us in verse 21. This is from the um, epistle of Shaul to the Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 21. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Mashiach shall all be made alive. Elijah also was mortal. He was mortal flesh like we are. He had he was subject to like passions like we have. He was a mortal man, subject to death, and after being lifted up into the atmospheric Shamahim, he spent the remaining years of his separate life at a little known location before he naturally died. Okay? So that is it. Alrighty. What do we get? Well, people ask the question, well, wait a minute. Moses and Elijah was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Yahusha. Okay? Let's go to Matthew chapter 17 because people are saying, now, wait a minute. How could he be dead when he was there with them, with the disciples and with Yahusha. Okay? Let's read it. We read about the transfiguration of Yahusha. And in Matthew, or Matthew chapter 17, verse 3, we read, And behold, there appear unto them Masha and what? Eliahu. You see Elias, but is Elijah or Eliahu talking with him. Listen to what Yahusha said. Let's go back to what was taking place. Because Peter in verse 4 said unto Yahusha, Master, is it good for us to be here? If you will, let us make here three tabernacles. One for you and one for Masha and one for Eliahu. While he was yet spoken or spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice came out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. And when the Tamedim heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Yahusha came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. And when they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no man except Yahusha only. Listen, verse 9. And as they came down from the mountain, Yahusha charged them, saying, Tell the vision to no man, the vision to no man, until the Son of Man be risen up again from the dead. He says, tell the vision. The vision is not a material reality. 
this was a supernatural thing that was observed by the spiritual eyes of the Tamedim. Yahushua was able to see that they saw the same thing. A vision is a supernatural thing. The Greek word there is horama. Horama, strong concordance G3705. It means a spectacular or a specular or something spectacular that had happened supernaturally. So, they did not see Elijah for real, for real, if you want to say it like that. They did not see the person, okay, just to bring clarity there. All right, we are now at the top of the hour. Uh, I hope that you have enjoyed this uh, particular instruction. Please study to show yourself approved unto Elohim, uh, a workman that needed to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Research the research. Don't take my word for it. Take Yahuwah's word for it. Do the research for yourself. I gave you a lot of scriptures and passages to show you what exactly happened. Okay? So, did Enoch... And Eliyahu, did they go to the Shamahim? Absolutely not. We see in the word, in the scriptures, and in the writings of Shaul and of the Brit HaKadashah, that it did not happen. That'll do it for me. This has been another talk, teach, and testify instruction. Hope that you have enjoyed it, that you've been edified, and you have been encouraged, yet at the same time, my prayer and my zeal is that the nation of Yashariel, that we might be saved. Hallelujah. And for those of you who are keeping the last day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread and your Shabbat, which is coming up, I say unto one and say unto all, Shalom and Shabbat Shalom.